What's up everyone? It's the interview queen Alicia Two here and be sure to watch True Heel Heat. Alright, hello True Heel Heat. I'm the AEW World Champion MJF. Uh, just in case you're deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, or since you listen to this podcast or uh, you're listening to True Heel Heat and I apologize for that. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for our WWE Survivor Series War Games 2023 preview. And since it's a pay-per-view preview, I had to bring in the big guns. It's going to be in Chicago, Illinois this Saturday. So I had to bring in the biggest name in wrestling media from Chicago, in my opinion, in your opinion, in what everyone's opinion should be. You know him from House of Wrestling. You know him from your favorite AEW media scrums. He is Nick Houseman. What's going on, sir? I'm good, SP. I'm good, SP3. Thank you so much for having me on here. I was looking around because I have Nerf guns all over my room here, but the nice. biggest one I have is I'd have to walk, and I didn't want to leave the screen. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, we, we remember for next time. We remember for next time. Yeah. How you doing, Nick? How's everything? I'm great. I'm great, SP. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, it's, we're uh, Like I told you, my wife and I here, we uh, have a new condo, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so uh, I have a couple more things to do this afternoon, but then it is just full-on getting ready, chopping things up. We already have things brining, but uh, I'm going to get down and dirty in the kitchen tonight, SP. That's, a, that's what's on the horizon. So what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, I always I'm a big sweet potato, Mark. I love sweet potatoes. I'm going to make some twice baked sweet potatoes tomorrow, which are uh, Trey Magnifique. Um, and I, I, you know, I like the sides. I like the sweet potatoes, like regular mashed potatoes. I like the mac and cheese. My wife makes a wonderful Brussels sprout bacon dish. Um, and of course, oh, um, corn casserole. Is probably my favorite, but I, I think it's like the worst one for you. I don't know that there's any like redeeming quality, like health quality to corn casserole. It's just crack. It's just amazing. That's all it is. I don't know. You have a bowl of I, it. That's how I feel about my sister is she makes like a cornbread stuffing. It's oh. like it's like stuffing that tastes like cornbread. It's like mm. it's like crack. It's like what I look forward to every Thanksgiving. And mm. then I'm I'm kind of with you on the sweet potatoes, but we go more towards the candy yams, which oh. is a little extra sweet oh. to the sweet. Yeah. So I'm ready for tomorrow. I'm ready for tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I know I, I feel like every year I take the sweet potato and I do it a little bit different than the year before. But candy, oh, that's mm, got my brain yes. thinking here now. I'm really hungry all of a sudden <laughs> for what it's worth. All right, well, we'll, we'll cut down on that. we got to get to the actual wrestling. Of course, we appreciate y'all for joining us live. If you're watching us on demand, we appreciate you as well. Remember, show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And, of course, sound off in the live chat if you're with us live. We love to interact with all of you. And of course, if you're feeling generous, this is what's going to hit us at Christmas time. So send a super chat donation. It always helps out, helps the channel grow. We are a self-funded channel here, so it always helps out, especially around the holiday season. But we'll try to highlight 
all your comments like our members here vala b in the chat he says man i really thought we'd be able to get through this show without mentioning punk but then you bring in news from punk's camp Nick <laughs> hey you know i take the sources where i can get them it depends you know i got i got you know i got people in so many camps i should be running uh like a national landmark with the amount of campgrounds that i have like a national park you know, that's what I should be doing, running a park ground with all these camps. You really should. You really I should. Got an or... NWA camp, a WWE camp, a punk camp. There's nobody, nobody's drinking and doing drugs, by the way, in the punk camp. You know, it's very <laughs> low, loud, angry music, but no crazy partying over in the tents over in the punk camp. No, no, no. It, it don't it don't get it don't get crazy like that. At least you got at least you got that to look forward to. Uh we also got uh Valabi saying jokes aside, welcome to the show, Nick. Uh we got uh Valabi also saying we're all mac and cheese marks. Yes, mac and cheese, man. You put it all together. Like I said, the stuffing, the candy yams. Well, mac you want to bake like a Thanksgiving bowl, right? Yeah. Like you want to eventually wind up where all of the sides have somehow blended into some kind of umami. That's yes. What, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Yo, you're so right though, because the plate be so full that some of the sides just mix together, and then you just create something totally new. It's fantastic. I, did, I didn't know that I wanted to try green beans and mac and cheese, but now that I'm doing it, this this shit fly as hell. And you know what? <laughs> Maybe a little stuffing on top. Just yes! really. Yeah, what am I even doing? It's some gravy. Like, what yeah, am I, what's gra going on? <laughs> uh, they, the gravy is like a dip. It's you know, you just kind of make the take the jus oh, using all my cooking words in this. This is it. I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm just you're just getting me hyped for tomorrow. We got Eric Isaac saying happy Thanksgiving. Courtney says happy Thanksgiving. We got Queen Monet, one of our other members in the chat as well. Go sound off in the live chat. We want to hear your predictions for WWE Survivor Series, but our guy Vala B already put it in the chat. You might I might as well action right off the bat, right off the bat, yeah. right from the start. Sure. Are you sure? Are you positive on Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, that CM Punk will or will not be at Survivor Series? I'm quite confident Punk is not going to be at Survivor Series. Uh, I don't want any, you know, and I was this guy going into All Out because this is like, it's we're right back where we were two months ago because everyone was convinced Punk's going to be at All Out. This is all a work. Nick Houston's full of shit. Everything is all fine, right? And lo and behold, he wasn't at All Out. He was terminated 24 hours prior to All Out, right? And Tony had to send that message that strong to let people know this guy's not going to be at that show. I feel like WWE is now in the same boat where they are trying to do, I mean, they can't fire the guy. He doesn't work for him. So how else are you going to go out there and send these very clear signals to not expect CM Punk, right? They've explicitly said it on background uh, to the press. Speaking of Fightful, I've talked to people there that said, do not expect that. I've talked to people in Punk's camp who are like, they don't need me, right? Whatever, whoever it may be. So it, it's it's de it's definitely not a it's definitely not a situation where I think people should be getting excited about CM Punk showing up at, at Survivor Series. I hate to burst everyone's bubbles, but it doesn't look to be in the cards. 
I know I know some people are gonna be disappointed, some people will be happy about that news. I wanted to ask you because I, I always hear them ask about you know what you hear from Punk's camp, but I want to know your perspective. Sure. Do you think that Survivor series was the best place to bring back CM Punk to WWE? Because in my eyes, I always thought that Raw Rumble is kind of the better place because then that's a streamline to WrestleMania. I feel like if he came back here, they kind of have to figure out what to do or keep him off TV for a few months until the Raw Rumble, until they get to WrestleMania time. So I always felt like Raw Rumble was more of a better place, but I understand the Chicago connection with Punk. People thought this was the best place. What's your perspective? Well, you know, they announced... They were coming to Chicago at a time, and I saw Sean Ross Sapp noted this on Twitter, which is a very good point. They announced this show at a time CM Punk was still with AEW. He was made of any shows, so they never had any intentions of, of bringing CM Punk in for this show. I think at the time, they did think there's a possibility we're going to be getting Randy back by this time. You know, if you look at the reports of when he's been at the Performance Center working towards a return, his physique... I would think it around the time they announced it, they had a very good feeling that they were going to probably get Randy backs for Survivor Series. And that's the big return they wanted to build this thing around. And so I think that is definitely something that was probably working against Punk. I also just don't think that WWE wanted to go into a negotiation with somebody who had a hot hand, very much in demand in that very moment, right? You make a quick deal, something you really haven't, you know, whatever worked through, especially considering you know, the, the past between the both sides. Um, and, and just look, I, I, I am as interested as anyone and hopeful that, that punk comes back to WWE, but I've talked to people here last couple weeks that are really like, they're pretty down on the idea that punk is going to be coming back to WWE anytime soon. And like this, this whole, like uh, is now the right time is rumble. The right time, maybe a big mania, I don't know that I don't know that that any of that's like even like in discussions, to be honest. I had somebody recently tell me they thought they'd make him punk wait three years before they brought him back in just to really make him sit. Because like there's people there convinced that if wherever punk goes, drama follows it for whatever reason. Right. And they've got a real harmonious locker room right now. They are not wanting for money or deals or whatever. I mean, I know the stock's a little bit down. But I, I just, I'm just being real with everybody. Like, I, I don't think this is a, it, did they not bring him back here because they want him at the Rumble? I, if, if they wanted Punk, Punk would be there. And, and that's it. Yeah. And I, they, don't, they don't need him or want him right now. It doesn't sound like to me. Yeah, like I, I said this on the Flasher podcast uh, last Saturday, and I'll say it here. People know I know someone who works for WWE, and the word that they told me is, I expect Tony Khan in two years to give him a call before WWE does. That's what that's what they told me. That's and, what they look, told me. And look, Tony likes punk, right? Yeah. Tony likes punk. And I think that that, you know, we're going to find out more in time how this decision to terminate punk affected Tony, the way Tony does business. Um, if everybody remembers at the all out media scrum, the first question I asked Tony was what did you learn from this experience with punk and what will you do differently to make sure something like this doesn't happen again? And for those that did not see, 
I got the shortest response ever in the history of media response to calls. I mean, that and from Tony, that's a real feat, right? Yeah, his, the full word count on his response was zero. He did not. He 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 looked at me, and then drank some water, and then looked away, <laughs> and then we all just moved on and. Weirdest, weirdest thing ever. I'm not gonna lie. I like Tony. That was bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. I felt so uncomfortable in that moment. For anyone who's ever like, oh, ah, I wonder what's going on with how what's going on. Husband's discrimination. It's like I have I suffer from anxiety. I'm just following the story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I God bless you. you. I God bless anyway, you, Dick. Yes. But yes, I agree. In two years, maybe when the Bucks contracts are up or Kinney's or whatever, and they're looking to change it up. I don't know. I don't know that Punk would love that decision, considering how things have played out. Money talks. Things change. Who knows? I don't think Tony hates Punk, though. That, no. Even with the fear for his life stuff or whatever. I don't know why oh, he said man. that. I don't God know why bless. he said that. I don't think anybody knows. I don't know. I was like, I was, I, I said immediately after I heard that, I was like, you could have stopped at that part. Like, like, like someone, someone didn't tell him, oh, okay, let's edit that part out. Not that part. Everything else is fine, but not that part. There's got to be a reason he said it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I want to know, you know, I want to know why he said it. <laughs> We all do. We all do. I, I'd ask him, but I'm not getting as much time with Tony as I used to these days. <laughs> you want to ask him, but you know you're going to get a drink of water instead. He'll drink his water <laughs> and then stare at you like. Next question. Um, <laughs> let's. So now that we got the elephant out of the room, we address CM Punk and Survivor Series. Let's get into what we know. What that. <laughs> No, I was yes. just going to say, and I want to be very clear, too. I don't think he's Nakamura's mystery opponent. Like, I, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on around Punk. It's right, just a no across the board. Because I had a lot of people hit me up about that earlier as well. So anyway. Yeah, because it, it did. Uh, they, they, I mean, WWE, they, 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 if they wanted to make sure that no one thought CM Punk was coming, they could have done that this angle a little bit differently. Because him doing the go to sleep and then doing the promos, I can understand why people thought he was the opponent. But I, I think Shinsuke is just having fun with it. Like <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, like, there's nothing going on between the two sides, but that's not stopping a bunch of people from just creating attention for themselves. And God bless Carney's gonna Carney, my friend. Do it up, get it in, make that dollar. Work is going to work. Exactly. But Pepsi let's, money. <laughs> let's get into what we know is going to go down on Saturday. And we'll start big time with the women's uh, women's war games matchup as it's going to be damage control represented by the WWE women's champion EO Sky, along with Bailey, the returning Kyrie Sane, and the newly christened damage control member Asuka to face Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and the man Becky Lynch. This all stems from Crown Jewel, where Kyrie Sane made her return to WWE to help EO defeat Bianca uh, for the 
the WWE Women's Championship. And then on the following SmackDown, it was Asuka that turned on Bianca and Charlotte to join up with Damage Control and join their side. And then last week, SmackDown saw Charlotte call on her former friend, Becky Lynch, to full in this spot here. I. I, I've been I always when when they said that Becky Lynch was going to be in this spot, I was like, OK, now make it make sense. I don't think they did that very well, but you can't deny this is nothing but star power in this matchup. It's a big time matchup to have on this show. And I wouldn't even mind if this was the main event of the show. What did you think about the build up to this matchup and who do you think wins? Nick? Oh, it's been really fun. You know, they, they grabbed everybody at Crown Jewel with EO coming back. Uh, I loved the finish at Crown Jewel with Bailey looking kind of on the outs and, you know, uh, uh, Kyrie and EO having that moment there, or Kyrie coming back and having that moment with EO. Uh, with EO. I thought it was great. And uh, everybody was very excited about Kyrie being back into the fold. And they've done this really nice job kind of playing into, you know, the tension uh, within the group, I thought initially. And then as you're getting closer to the match, throwing the Oscar curveball in there having these kind of uh, Japanese uh, female talents like uniting and Bailey's kind of on the outs. It leaves this, you know, element of doubt in the match that I think people want to see, you know, uh, is Bailey going to be able to make it out of this thing? Still a member of the group, you know, um, and you got a, a powerhouse group of baby, baby faces on the other side that, you know, are going to want to go out and have a great match, but the the drama of damage control for an act that a lot of people thought was, dead and done about six months ago um, really have done almost like a judgment day uh, job of reinvigorating themselves and kind of creating this new interest in themselves and hopefully finding a new kind of vibe and tone um, that can kind of propel them even further. Cause I'm really digging what they're doing. Yeah, it's been a complete turnaround ever since really uh, EO won the Money in the Bank back in July. And then it's just been going from strength to strength. Like you said, the Kyrie being involved, Asuka now being in the group. They kind of seem like they are revived from where they were a year ago. I thought when they lost the War Games last year, I was like, okay, they're done. Because I was like, Bailey was 0-3 against Bianca in championship matches. Then I thought they were going to win war games to get their heat back, but they lost that. But they've done a really good job, like I said, since EO won Money in the Bank. Well, and, and damage control, what an interesting act, you know. And it will be, uh, they will be making documentaries about this act because they were the first creative decision Paul made, Hunter made, when he had full control, uh, right after Vince stepped down, he retired. We immediately saw Paul take control. There was that SummerSlam. It was his first big show, and his first big uh, to-do was bringing back EO and Dakota as part of Damage Control, right? And they put this act together with Bailey. It was going great until Vince McMahon got back into the fold. Surprise, surprise, right? Paul's thing is no longer the focus and getting the attention it was. And for whatever other myriad of reasons, the group went into just array, right? It was not booked the same, didn't come across quite the same way. Now with Vince gone, Paul's back, and the things are things are very differently. The focus is back on them. There's a focus on storytelling within the act. And I definitely think, yeah, the Joshi infusion, um, Hunter is trying to send a message to Japanese talent right now between this and the Shinsuke prom- promo stuff. It's just a really, it's a good, interesting time to be watching the WWE product because I think it is finally, you know, knock on wood, finding a bit of its groove and doing some things that uh, loyal, I won't say hardcore, but loyal WWE wrestling fans are really digging in the moment. 
Yeah, for sure. We got uh, Nikki Boy saying, I love seeing them Joshis sticking together. Uh, we also got Bell who says, I honestly think Bianca's team will win. EO, Kyrie, Asuka, and Dakota turn on Bailey, and Bailey then maybe wins the Rumble to challenge EO at Mania. So, who do you think is going to win? Because it's, it's really kind of up there because you would think maybe Damage Control needs this win to kind of really solidify themselves as that dominant group. But there's also so the option of, like Bell saying, of the babyface team winning to kind of further progress the dissension going on from Bailey and the other members of the group. My gut says heels over here. I think I think damage control picks up the win. Uh, I mean, obviously the caveat is if they don't, it's because of some kind of confusion with Bailey. But I think that that's you know things are really getting going here with this act, and you know it's wonderful having these Joshi women stick together. But you know it is still a North American product. And being able to communicate to that audience is very important. And Bailey is a phenomenal talker. She has a vibe with these women. I think it would be, I mean, look, you, you could have Dakota Kai step into that role, but it's it's different. I, I think it's too early to, to break him. And I would like to see damage control go with the win. Yeah, I've been really enjoying the fact that after EO won Money in the Bank, it's really just been Bailey's there to cut the promos for EO being a great wrestler. Yeah, that works. That's a great act. Like, and, and, and look, you got Shotzi in there, yeah. and you know, again, when you're looking at who would be the one to take the fall for the babies, Shotzi probably. You know, I don't know that they're going to have you know Charlotte, you know, wrapped up in barbed wire and tapping out against her will. But who knows? But. Shotzi seems like a, a safe bet if they were looking for somebody for the heels to to pile on while everybody else is handcuffed or something like that. Very true. Very true. Next up here, we got a little grudge match. We got the LWO kind of breakup falling out here as it's going to be Carlito going one on one with Santos Escobar. Back at Crown Jewel, it was Escobar who tried to help Rey Mysterio during his matchup with Logan Paul, taking away Logan Paul's brass knuckles, but mistakenly left them on the apron for Logan Paul to grab and use them to beat Rey for the U.S. Championship. It was Carlito that pointed that out on the following SmackDown, which led to Santos just watching Carlito get jumped by street business. And then he went on to have an argument with Rey that led to him turning on Rey, betraying him. And then he talked about it last week on SmackDown, how Ray always spited him in this LWO, uh, taking over leadership, taking the U.S. title, bringing people like Carlito into the group, turned his back on the other members, attacked them, and now he faces Carlito here. Who do you think wins this grudge match? And what have you thought about the Santos Escobar heel turn so far? I, I kind of want to see Carlito win here, just because I think he's really over with the fans right now. He hasn't really had a big singles victory on a pay-per-view yet. This is the first time. So I think it'd be a great chance to get him over. And I want to see Santos keep getting angry. Like I want to see him get angrier. And I'm not saying that he needs to lose clean to Carlito. You know, maybe Zelina has to make a decision she didn't want to make. Right. Maybe, maybe Carlito does something clever to get one over after like Santos goes to cheat and Carlito reverse it. He does his own cheating thing for the, Hey, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I outsmarted you kind of thing. And Santos is just pissed. Right. But I, I just, I think that it, I think Santos Escobar getting a little bit more angry, getting screwed over. Getting, I, I just, I, I, that's what I, I want to see Carlito up because eventually the match you're going to want to see is Santos Ray. Carlito's kind of in the middle here. I think he could use the rub of, of a pay-per-view win, but then maybe that's just me. 
you might be on to something because they do need to keep Santos busy until like the end of the year. Cause you would think that, you know, Ray's going to be out for six to eight weeks with his injury. He's right. not going to be back till probably the raw rumble. You might probably want to keep this a little bit hot, but I am going to go with Santos here. I do like your argument though, because San I do agree. Carlito needs a win, like to really kind of build his credibility while he's still hot and over as a new act in W or a returning act back to WWE. Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, if Carlito gets the win here just before Ray comes back, Santos gets the big win over Carlito. That all, and, and it plays into him looking strong going into Ray. But again, I would, I'm expecting, you know, with, Del Toro and Wild and Vega and potentially whoever from Logan Paul's entourage wants to show up this time. Who knows? Bad Bunny, for all we know. There's going to be typical LWO drama shenanigans, I think, in this bout. And I and that's why I leave the door open to like a kind of clever Carlito victory. Yeah. I say I say if Carlito wins, it's because of Selena. But if Santos wins, it's because Cruz and uh, Joaquin have basically chosen Santos. Because I feel like that attack, it wasn't that that hard for them to be like, okay, now we're going to be on your side. So I think that they will probably turn and join up with Santos, and that's how he gets the win. There you go. This match is is very, very interesting. And uh, one of the guys have said this is a challenge for him because he's going against a style that he does not like as it's going to be Gunta defending the Intercontinental Championship against the eight-time champion, The Miz. The Miz uh, basically was bullied by Gunther on an episode of Miz TV, and he talked about how Miz is a joke and not as good as he thinks he is, and this led to Miz having a babyface turn, winning a fatal four-way against Ivar, Bronson Reed, and Ricochet to earn this opportunity. He's even beaten Ivar in singles competition and then laid out Gunther in a face-to-face -face on Monday Night Raw. What have you thought about this rivalry heading into Survivor Series this Saturday? And who do you think wins? Uh, this past Monday night was a stop what you're doing and watch your TV screen kind of moment. You know, and that's exactly what happened with me. I was on my laptop. And as soon as I heard this very interesting promo exchange between a baby face Miz and like an ultra dick Gunther who like hates America and loves bullying little like Mike Mizanin. I love Man. he called him Mike the entire time. He called Mike? him Mike. Yeah, and he's like, you're like, you love wrestling. Oh, you love, I bet you're like all these stupid people. You love wrestling. Ugh. I love it. This is this is what I'm, this is what The Miz does really well. Um, he brings out this side in people where they feel that they, they need to elevate. They're trying to prove something, you know, uh, uh, against this guy. And it's just been wonderful. I'm all in. I hope, I hope Miz wins for what it's worth. I think it'd be great. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. I hope Miz do beats that. him. Don't do that. Don't do that. I hope Miz. Look, Gunther has talked a lot of a lot of smack. I hope he loses. I hope he loses to Miz. <laughs> I'm with Gunther. I'm with Gunther. And no, I think I'm... Miz. I think Miz is a weirdo. No, let me see how many times. Let me see how many times the Miz has won the Intercontinental Title. Eight times. Eight times. Eight. I looked it up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's one off he's one wow. off of tying the record by Chris Jericho. Most all-time IC title runs. Okay. It's Jericho and then the Miz. Wow. Okay. 
Hmm. Yes, yes, right. yes. So, so this would be an historic win. We got people in the chat even telling you, Nick, stop. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Jericho at nine and Miz. Well, but look, here's the thing. Like, there's really not a huge reason for Gunther to hang on to this belt. He's already proved it. He's the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, right? He's himself said he's outgrown this. On the other side of Survivor Series, we're going to need some people to step up uh, into the, the Roman, Seth Rollins uh, situations, you know? Yeah. I think uh, that he would be great with Rollins. We'll talk a little bit about Rollins here in just a second. Uh, but, but again, like, historic title reign, and then he would lose it to somebody who also then makes history with their title reign. Interesting to think about. And for a guy, because I, I think that people want to like Miz. He's obviously a baby face, right? He's be booked as a baby face. But I mean, they really want to like, they want this guy to be able to have a reason to go into the Hall of Fame. A lot of people are like, name me your favorite Miz match. Maybe this is it. Maybe this guy, I mean, I'm not kidding. May, I mean, it's look, true. there's it's true. Maybe this is it. You know, I think Miz is very, very underrated, and I'm very excited about this one. I hope he wins. I'll go Miz. I'm going to go with Gunta because I want Gunta to be the Intercontinental Champion when he beats Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 40. I want him, I want him to be there as the all-conquering ring general with both titles. Mm. Okay, That's well. That's we'll what see. I'm looking for. But, I mean, I, I've seen crazier things. So, the Miz call is not that far-fetched. Uh, but, let's see if you go far-fetched here with the WWE Women's World Championship as Rhea Ripley will defend against Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark earned this opportunity in a women's battle royal just a couple of weeks back, last eliminating Shayna Baszler, and she has stepped up and gotten in the face of Rhea Ripley, kind of showing that she has no fear of mommy and wants to take her down and win her first championship, single championship in WWE. What have you thought about the buildup to this matchup, and who do you think wins with Rhea and Zoe here? Well, you know, we already kind of seen it. Zoe didn't win. I'm not really into it personally. I like Zoe a lot. There are other people I would like to see get surprise victories on this show, which I've laid out. And so I think Zoe's a phenomenal talent who will definitely grow. But she is, uh, I, I'm going with Rhea on this one. Maybe I'm way, way off, but um, I, it, it does not feel like a, the moment for Rhea to lose here. Now, I think that, that WWE has made it very, very clear that probably WrestleMania Night 1 is going to be made evented by Rhea and Becky, and WrestleMania Night 2 is going to be Cody and Roman. So mm -hmm. I think that's the whole reason why they've kept Rhea and Becky apart this long. You don't change things up just close, this close to the finish line. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Rhea wins. And, I, yeah, I kind of kind of not really into this it's probably the matchup on the card that i'm not into because the winner is not in doubt in the slightest to me yeah i think there's that and it's just you know zoe did the trish stuff and i thought they would do more with her kind of coming out of that you know i thought we would see more with, and trish just kind of disappeared so again she's she'd be positioned as a main eventer Maybe these back-to-back -back losses will do something to her right to to make her uh act out you know, make give her an edge, get angrier, right? That's right. That's the thing is like a loss can be a, a loss can be a win depending on how you take it. Because if you lose at the right moment, and you get really angry and it drives you to, to further your character. That's a win. 
And that's 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 very similar to what I said with Santos Escobar earlier. Like that's why I'd rather see him lose right now because I want to see him get angrier that he's aggrieved. And I think that as an aggrieved Zoe Stark after these two losses could be more interesting on the other side. I agree with you because she definitely does need a character because it was just yeah. she was the second to Trish for a while. Now without Trish, she hasn't really developed any type of character. You need to get on that. So, yeah, I agree with you that that should be the thing that is the catalyst for the next chapter of her character. But let's talk about the last chapter of what many people believe is going to be the main event of this Saturday show. The men's war games matchup. It's going to be the Judgment Day team of Finn Balor, Senior Money in the Bank, Damian Priest, the NXT North American champion, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, and a special, uh, I guess, kind of a soldier for them on the night, Drew McIntyre, to face Team Cody, Cody Rhodes, the World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and the returning Randy Orton. It was announced on Monday on Raw, basically without saying his name, that Randy Orton would be the final member of this team. But this whole thing has been building for the past, I would say, six months. <laughs> like since, since Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were tag team champions, since they came to Monday Night Raw, they've been feuding with the Judgment Day. And it all stems from that feud. They've inserted Cody into it. Then Jey Uso comes over. He gets tried to get recruited by the Judgment Day, turns them down. Now he's an enemy of them. You had Seth Rollins and Finn Balor feuding over the World Heavyweight Championship. Damian Priest with Money in the Bank. You got the Cody and Randy connection. So many different thread lines in this whole War Games matchup. What have you thought about the buildup? Who do you think wins on Saturday? A lot of fun. Ah, the Judgment Day, right? Big fan. They are doing so good. Firing on all cylinders. I hope Drew sticks around Judgment Day. I actually think he kind of fits in pretty well with that act um, for what it's worth. But we'll, we'll see how that goes in time. A lot of questions around Drew. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a very, very fun match. It's going to be very exciting. I So obviously this thing could go any which way of Sunday. Uh, here's the here's the scenario in which I've convinced myself is going to happen that will very likely not happen. But um, I I could foresee uh, miscommunication on the babyface side. We Randy Orton, very volatile character, very volatile individual, right? Little you know, these are big egos over there with Seth and Cody and and Sammy. Well, Sammy's a pretty humble guy, but you know Jay, right? You know, very big egos here. I could see some miscommunication, some pushing. And then Randy dropping members of his own team with some RKOs, right? Maybe sending a signal to the current world champion, Seth Rollins, in the match. I also think that it, that it is interesting. No one is making much noise about the fact that the man with the Money in the Bank briefcase and the current world champion are going to be locked in a double steel cage together, okay? If there is one match where it would be very likely that the world champion has been absolutely brutalized. It will be this match. And if at the end of it, Randy Orton lays out Seth Rollins, Randy or Cody Rhodes does a walkout, you know, maybe kind of deal like he don't care. You know, he just got called in last <laughs> second. He, he don't care. He'd probably get a big pop. Everybody be like, that ruled. That was amazing. You know? Yeah, he used to walk out all the time. He lays out everybody on his own team after trying to make it work because, again, he's a psychopath, right? And then he leaves. And now you have 
these broken down baby faces in the ring with the guy who has the briefcase and his entire team plus Drew McIntyre, right? Now, I'm not saying it's a sure thing. There's a lot of things that can happen with a Money in the Bank tease. Drew is a wild card in all of this. But I, 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 I think that I think this could be very interesting. There's just so much to play with. I think the closing five minutes of this show, this match, whatever, will be very. And a lot of people I see in the chat room are saying they see Randy turning on Jay. Why just Jay? He's well, because Jay, Jay was the one that took him out. He was a part of Bloodline when they took out Randy. So. Starts there. Seth pushes him. He eats an RKO too. Cody's like, dude, I vouch for you. Gives him an RKA. Sammy Zayn's like, dude, can we talk about Palestine? And he's like, you're cool. I'm out. And he leaves, right? And Sammy Zayn is the last one standing. Sammy Zayn has to fight everybody on his own because he he's like, come on. Come on. I'm just kidding. He'd lay out out Sammy too. He's like, no, I don't want to talk about Palestine. RKO out of nowhere. He's like, I'm like spyglass. I don't want to talk about that. No, um, right. <laughs> I don't talk about it. Oh, but but yeah, I I, I could de- I, I think I'm like everybody else in the chat. I can definitely see Randy Orton turning on all of his teammates. I don't think they will do that. But and I also I also I I thought about Judgment Day winning this matchup, but I I tried to get around. Damian Priest having money in the bank and I would see if Judgment Day won it should probably be Seth that takes this fall because I think it's too predictable for Sammy or Jay to take it it should be Seth so why wouldn't he cash in and why not do the cash in right there and if you're gonna do that why hasn't WWE even brought up that idea well here's the thing can you cash in money in the bank during the match you could cash in during a matchup. Yeah, that's been Seth did that. So could 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 in theory Damian Priest cash it in just before pinning Seth Rollins, ending the match, and winning the title at yes. the same time? Is that a that's a viable yes. re, that, real thing, right? That is canon because of Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania. And they made 31. it a triple threat. Yes. And yep. so now all of a sudden this war games match would be for the world title. That seems wild. But um <laughs> But but hey. you know what? Hey, bottom line is this very fun conversation we're having. All these different roads we're going down. It is a it is a full on spotlight on the very good storytelling WWE has done because it's not just a matter of who's going to win this guy or that guy. It's a matter of how they're going to win. I'm invested. I want to see how these people interact with each other, and it's the kind of storytelling that I. It's the kind of yeah. It's just the kind of storytelling I really enjoy from pro wrestling. I really like it. Yeah. Cause like the beginning part of the year, bloodline were put it on. Like I said, I've said it many times, top three WWE storyline of all time. That kind of fell off after kind of money in the bank going into SummerSlam and SummerSlam. And they haven't really put the focus on that. And I feel like judgment day has kind of so firmly positioned them stuff as the top storyline in WWE because the dynamic of Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley is just so great. I saw that on Monday. Them having a little segment, a little conversation about talking about who's going to be in the advantage match. I was like, this whole combination is just so money. That's just two stars.
stars and they're being elevated in the same group. It's just so great to see. And they're the original members of the group with Edge, Rhea, and Damian. So it's great to see how far they have come in this group. And then you add on the pat the fact of the Drew McIntyre slow burn heel turn was some of the best television at the same time as the Judgment Day. And that's why it's kind of this war games feels so big. It feels almost as big or if not bigger than last year's war games with the bloodline. So that says a lot for what they've done with the Judgment Day. I think in the end, though, I think all the dissension that they teased on Monday with Drew and Damian is going to come back to roast. And Drew is either walking out on his team or he with an errant claymore to Damian Priest mm. is the reason why the baby faces win. I see team Cody getting the win with probably either Cody or Randy pinning Damian Priest. I'm going judgment day on this one. I'll go opposite. I like it. I like it. I mean, judgment day, this would be the win that kind of puts them and solidifies them. So wouldn't mind that. Dude, either. Randy's going to do the job for him, baby. Randy's going to kill everyone. He's going to take a little boot knife out. He's going to stab somebody He'd be like, ah, oh, Seth, you didn't see that coming. Idiot. You ain't seen his knife coming. Poke, poke, poke. Get out of the viper. <laughs> Get you out of nowhere. But yes, it's all the matches, everything we know that is going to go down at WWE Survivor Series War Games this Saturday. I want to thank Nick Hausman, who is going to be there at Survivor Series, I'm sure. And I wanted to thank you so much for coming on here, being on the preview. Love talking to you. Always making me laugh with a big smile on my face. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media. House of Wrestling and everything else you got going on. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, SP, for having me. Yeah, houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. That's your home for all your pro wrestling coverage, or, you know, most of it. We can share it around. There's enough, you know, for everybody to get some. Uh, but we got lots of exclusives. We do interviews, houseofwrestling.com. I will be at Survivor Series this weekend. I will be in the press conference. If I get a chance to ask Triple H a question, it will likely be about CM Punk. So strap in, get excited about that. Um, and then on Monday... At noon Eastern, uh, I am rolling out my new daily pro wrestling news show, Rumor and Innuendo. It is the first ever pro wrestling news show presented by Ad-Free Shows uh, Podcast Heat. Uh, they let us use the name Rumor and Innuendo. It is me and former WWE writer Robert Carpellis, um, a.k.a. at WWE Creative-ish on Twitter, if you follow that very funny account. Uh, me and Robert are going to be breaking it down Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, on Rumor and Innuendo's YouTube, Twitter. We'll also be on all the ad-free shows platforms. It's all free and public, live streaming just like this. House of Wrestling platforms, the creative-ish uh, account. So follow all that stuff. We won't be hard to find. Uh, and if you don't catch us in video form when we record, you go over to Rumor and Innuendo uh, over on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a nice comment. Um, we did a test show yesterday for just some ad-free shows, Patreon members to just kind of work out some kinks, got very good feedback. So I'm looking forward to that a lot and, I, and, and get excited. Hmm. I'm excited. Rumor and innuendo. Go check it out. Where's my big gun? Go, go get the Nerf gun. <laughs> no, definitely check it out. Nick Houseman always doing great stuff, always making people laugh and keeping people informed. And he's got the Nerf. He's got the Nerf out here. Oh, he got he's got the Glock out here. He got the he got the Uzi. He got the Uzi out here. <laughs> it's locked up. It's <laughs> working. Uh, there there we go. go. <laughs> there we go. 
the big guns, Nick oh. Hausman. Big guns, Nick Hausman, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's more intimidating than a gr- than a thirty eight year old man with a Nerf gun. I love it. I love it. That's the Uzi right there, man. That's the Uzi. But you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat. Check out all the great content we got on the channel right now. Or Nick Hausman's gonna get you with the Uzi. We got check out True Hill Heat 251 from this past Saturday. Check out our full gear review from earlier this week and our NJPW World Tag League preview from earlier this week as well thank you to nick hausman thank you to all of you for joining us live remember to drop the thumbs up comment down below with your predictions for wwe survivor series war games and i'll be back tomorrow live here on the true hill heat youtube channel with ae ramble reviewing tonight's dynamite and join us live at 8 p.m for elite heat watching tonight's dynamite with true jaw josh and chris g for Nick Hausman, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been our Survivor Series War Games preview. We are signing off until next time.